0: The right
1: move. The property podcast with Andrew Simmons and JP. How are you? How oh, do? No. It's the place for trusted and experienced know-how on property. So a house that you know you might be about to sell, buy, or invest in. He's Simmo and I'm JP. How are you? How have you been, sir?
2: Yeah, I've been all right. Well though, I'm just recovering from the dreaded Rona.
1: Ah, yeah. Oh, it finally got into your place did it well yeah i thought i dodged a bullet but uh <laughs> no
2: i've been uh, nice and hooked up all from home but uh i'm uh, i'm testing negative
1: now so that's all good you see you always wonder why there's a reason that you're over bristol way and i'm here <laughs> <laughs> that's why i don't want, i don't want your germs thanks very much it's the good old bristolian rona <laughs> ring a ring of roses and all that. Oh, the Bristolian rona. Oh, I see. Is that is that, like, more refined? That's It's the sort of white ladies' road rona. <laughs> Queen Square. Now, what are we going to tackle in this month's episode? Kirsty Olsop. You know, you say the name, it brings a smile to the face, because you just have to say that... Because, you know, when you say Kirsty Olsop, you you know that she ain't going to pull any punches. <laughs> She's straight-talking Kirstles. We love a hey. bit of crystals. Hey. Well, you would say that Pip, wouldn't you? <laughs> Let's just give that a very quick headline now. She's said something about first-time buyers, or because you've got an acronym, aren't you, in the, in the trade? Was it uh, F- FTBs? FTBs. Those Foxtrot Tango Bravos. First-time buyers. And what Kirsty Olsop has, has gone out on, on social media and in the press, the media, and said about them and things that they should give up to get on the ladder, I ain't sure it's gone down too well. We're going to talk about that, aren't we, Simo? Yeah, we'll have a chat about that in a bit. And uh, we're also
2: going to be talking about house prices and uh, over the last 20 years, how much prices have gone up, mm. and I'll give you some really amazing stats and uh, giving you about the national average and certainly in my neck of the woods how we're classing the majority
1: of the UK average. Uh, th- this is quite a, a poignant and emotional uh, topic for obvious reasons. Cladding, for very obvious reasons, it has become, like I say, this uh, emotive and often challenging subject, uh, of course because of Grenfell chiefly. So we're going to be clear about it And explain where things are at with it I know because this is a particular area Of uh, of specialism and interest to you as well It is yeah And uh, of concern as well Not just uh, specialism
2: But uh, you know I'm very knowledgeable On the cladding uh, facts And have been ever since Grenfell Mm. to be fair Um, So yeah we'll talk about that in a bit And then the last thing We're going to have a chat about Is home information packs Uh, They're looking like they might be having a resurgence but let's talk about that towards the end of the
1: podcast
0: selling, selling. buying, buying. Investing. investing are you making the right move
1: yeah you are with the right move on all those key podcast apps you've chosen wisely now the guest oh, the guest that we managed to book for this episode simmo he's a, I don't, a high priest of property i think he's torn up the rule book in so many ways for uh, housing for estate agency come up with a whole raft of new prop tech property technology disrupted the market with purple bricks which uh, he's now moved on from ice to add but this guy Simo, this guy is the bizzo yeah we love kenny don't we you know kenny bruce
2: who's obviously one half of the bruce brothers but yeah it's really great to have kenny here with us on this episode and uh, it's really exciting i am so pleased that he's chosen to join us and to give us a bit of an insight i hope into a bit about his new portal and you know he's, he's 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 pretty passionate about all the other things he does away from property as well a bit like me really
1: apart from the ride on lawnmower which he's got i'm assuming you haven't yet I'll just picture you with one of those. But, you know, every industry has to have its colourful character. And, you know, you bring your colour and and certainly Kenny brings his big time. So Kenny Bruce, a property god, uh, in only a few minutes' time on the podcast. Now, see those lattes and Netflix. You're going to have to give them up, says Kirstals, if you're a first-time buyer.
2: Well, she does. And do you know what? i'm going to be really controversial jp i have to agree with her really Um, yeah i do do you know i i i find that when i jumped on the property ladder okay you know it was 19 you know back a few years ago now um there weren't the sort of subscription life that we have today and there weren't the or there wasn't the ability to go and have a frivolous latte with three or four coffee shops on every high street And I think the nature of the way things have developed in the property market is that there's far too many people relying on renting. They can't then save for their deposit to be able to buy because they're spending the money on these uh, subscriptions.
1: Yeah, but is is that in itself an argument that the rental market is just overvalued overpriced in itself well there is there is that
2: um because you know rentals do throw through so fast you know i had one recently where we had over 150 inquiries for a two-bedroom flat and we ended up having to select the particular applicant from a batch of 16 that viewed it and that's the type of environment we have with lettings but if we can't get first-time buyers onto the market then we're not going to be able to get out of the rut of the rental Mm. kind of being I
1: suppose. Um, I mean look reasonably speaking you've got to think that uh, uh, more than a couple of factors are going to have to fall into place to to somehow redress the the balance of this problem people just not being able to buy their first home as they used to and and it, it surely it's it, it's nowhere near as simple as saying look give up the two pound eighty. Grande Cappuccino. Give up the subscription to Netflix. Yeah, okay. Look after the pennies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they're they're fairly small potatoes in the grand scheme of things, and people like their little luxuries or what they might see as necessities. So, do you know what? You agree with with Kirsty also? I'm going to write the date down. I can't. I almost can't believe this, to be honest. Yeah. But but do you remember though, JP? Mm.
2: Twenty years ago, the, the stigma that you would have had to go into a shared ownership property mm. because you couldn't afford the deposit. These days it's quite often the only way someone can get onto the ladder. And you know ultimately there are various options available to people but they've still got to cover the cost and okay property prices have gone on so far you know my my first property I paid 30,000 pounds for. Mm. You know, and you can't do that now. But you've got to somehow start to look at what what you do. And look at what Kirsty does. You know, she's on the telly. Yeah, okay, it's very staged. But she does talk about people who need to look outside, outside of the, you know, where they would want to buy. Mm. You know, if you can't buy in Kensington, buy in Chiswick you know it, 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 it's the way you have to deal with it and don't be het up on renting somewhere in the location you want to be think about getting on the ladder a little bit further out or in an environment
1: that befits what you can afford put yourself in in the the shoes of the FTBers. you know in all seriousness would you be happy to give up your subscription to whatever it is netflix spotify you know any or all of them and also the coffee on the the, the, and the pastry on the the walk to work you know would you do that i would and i have so so i think that's just because
2: i understand the market and how things work and i would i would do it to make sure that i could progress i think a lot of people who are starting the rental night, the, the rental rut is that they don't they don't see a way out of it and if they can just see that way out of it by making a few tweaks and changes potentially there's an opportunity for them
1: all right well thank you sir Uh, always good to get your view on things we will talk to one of the brothers behind purple bricks uh, now booming of course kenny bruce is on the podcast before too long now Simo, you've done uh, an article to, just for a change on um, North Somerset property prices covering what the last uh, couple of decades, 20 years. Yeah, although well, there, there was a typo or one uh,
2: publication that said 200 years. I haven't even here that long. <laughs> okay. um, Victorian property prices with Andrew <laughs> Simmons.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
2: But yeah. Do you know what? It's really interesting. And I really wanted to get to grips with the way prices are Mm. and have been. And, do you know, in relative terms, in North Somerset, it's actually 26.8% cheaper to buy a home now than it was 20 years ago. But prices have increased by a staggering 198.8%. (laughs) over those 20 years it's it's unbelievable that that has 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 grown and you know i was watching something recently where somebody was talking about you know that uh, where do you invest if you invest into a property it's going to roughly double in its value over the over a 10-year period so by the time you buy an average house at say three hundred and fifty thousand pounds by the time you come to have paid off your mortgage, which you may have had as a 200,000 pound mortgage, you've paid that for 25 years, but you're actually into a 1.5 million pound property by the time that gets, gets, gets to the end of the mortgage. Yeah, And in real terms, when you adjust all this for inflation as well, these prices have risen by like 126.7%. So these figures are staggering. And, you know, the national average over those 20 years is an incredible 187.2%. So good news for those people in North Somerset, because they're outstripping the UK national average, which is 198.8%.
1: You know, in the last episode, hearing from John from Visit Somerset and also talking to uh, Gibbons Richards, of course, know the area of the market so, so well there. Clearly, there's been a, a lining up, hasn't there, of, of some fantastic things for the county of Somerset. So, you know, it's also got a lot of uh, attention from your escape to the countries, location, location, there's Kirsty again, Kirstals. But, you know, it it's just had a kind of a big light shone on it. It has, and what we're experiencing in North Somerset
2: is that pull from the city to the rural living, families coming out of town, wanting that space, great schools, great commuter links. I mean, when would you ever thought that Bristol North Somerset was commuter mm. belt to London? And because you can get on the train and off at Paddington,
1: it's fantastic.
0: You're with the right move. Subscribe to us now on all major podcast apps.
1: Okay, is it time we met the main man? Yes, I think it is. Co-founder of Purple Bricks and now booming, He's the owner of Lan FC. We're going to talk to him in two parts. It's Kenny Bruce, MBE. By rights, Kenny, you you shouldn't be sat talking to me, you know, because I've read that you're meant to be concentrating on gardening and footy.
0: Yes, sporting ken, as I'm commonly known on the property industry, I uh, uh, channel. So, yes, gardening and football are two of my, uh, very much my passion.
1: Your lawn's looking particularly manicured, or is this the kind of the wrong time of year for a lawn to look very neatly kind of uh, cut? And...
0: It's incredible what property does to you uh, 27, 28 years in the industry where you start to, to look at your lawn as, a, as, a, as, a, as an area for solace. So, yes, I, I look after my lawn myself, and I'm very passionate about it. About it in a strange way, and I have a sit on lawnmower, a bit like Forrest Gump. So I, I tend to, I tend, I tend the lawn on a weekly basis. John, oh, I do, yes,
1: excellent. So all the stripes are in the right place, and right, we'll be round for some tennis then. I think, by the sounds absolutely. of things,
0: absolutely. So absolutely, on, on, Wimbledon, Wimbledon could be held here for sure.
1: Being the owner, Kenny, do you find yourself supporting differently to to before? You know, now it's effectively, you know, your team.
0: Yeah, I think you do, John. I think you're in a situation where you become very, very close to the people that are running the football club on a day-by-day basis. You get very close to the manager and the players and, and also the supporters. So you really want to win and you want to achieve things for them as much as yourself. Mm. So, yeah, it's a very different experience being a supporter and then becoming one of the custodians of the football club. And I I say it comes with a level of excitement, but also a level of uh, nervousness around uh, wanting to try and achieve and wanting to try and win things for the people that put in the work on a day by day basis.
2: So Kenny, being the owner of the club, is is it about you wanting to leave a mark and, and create that legacy?
0: I would say that from my perspective, with regards to the football club, it's very much about trying to give the community something that they can be proud of, something that they admire and and, and in effect can be part of. So it isn't necessarily about, for me, winning things and Mm -hmm. about leaving a legacy of trophies or achievements. It's really trying to make sure that the community take on board, which they have so far, what we initially started and run with it and make it bigger and better in the future. So it's certainly very much about community, very much about them engaging with the football club and I suppose we're really lighting the fire for them to carry on with the work that everyone is currently doing a great job with there today.
1: Maybe this is tenuous, but uh, do you uh, see, or has anybody else around you Kenny, seen, any kind of tie in with other aspects of of what you do i.e business and you know particularly purple bricks that that it wasn't just about shaking up established ways of doing things but you know lasting change that says this is kenny bruce you know this is what i'm about
0: yeah i suppose you could take those uh, those i suppose you could make those assumptions Mm -hmm. for me primarily in my brother it's about seeing an opportunity to try and develop uh, change in a particular sector and try and influence it and i think we've successfully done that certainly at the football club and i think we did elements successfully of that with with purple bricks that were very 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 proud of it, of, of, of both situations for sure
2: going on some of your tv ad campaigns that uh, you've done in the past there was certainly a look and style with purple bricks and now that's gone on to booming are you keen that that has a distinctive look and feel to it?
0: Well, I think brand is very important. And I think our, our commercials or strategy at Purple Bricks, when we were there, uh, which is quite strange, really, it's four and a half, nearly five years ago since Michael ran the UK business. So I think brand is very important to us, whether that's the football club for myself or whether it was me and Michael at Purple Bricks or whether it's the team here at Boomin and and brand is something that from our perspective we've got to have a really really well established creative that captures people's imagination in 30 seconds and I think we successfully did that and clearly we had some brilliant creative agencies focused on trying to create something that was catchy and memorable and and something that people could link to the brand and I think we've done that successfully here at Boomin and done that in the past very well as well
1: and just just one last thing before we get to to Boo and and the other stuff the up to date stuff kenny uh, why why would you say you and your brother that that coming away from purple bricks was the right thing to do at that point was that always the plan Is it something that you just thought yeah it just feels right now
0: i suppose founders haven't really got a divine right to run a business forever I think founders can only really play a part in any business while they can contribute and while they can make a difference. And I think when, when whenever that time comes where maybe uh, that uh, a board or a team want to go in a different direction, then they haven't got a God-given right to remain in the business. And the, op- the time at, the, at that particular juncture was right for us to to go in a different direction and and let Purple Brick spread its wings and the team were there and I think they've done that and we've gone in our our direction but it was a very enjoyable period for the seven years that we were there for sure.
2: So yeah how do you best explain what booming can do and, and how it brings value to the public?
0: I think the public are certainly liking the creative TV commercials they're liking the brand they're enjoying engaging with the features that we have that are different to what's currently out there on property search sites today and I think that From our perspective, we're very keen to make sure within the industry that we're not looked upon as a fourth portal. We do things differently to the others. I think they do property search and classified advertising and lead generation really, really well. We want to do that as part of our site, but we also want to make sure we offer an alternative to be able to open up the market and let consumers engage with every property that a estate agent touches and feels on a day-by-day basis to try and make that connection, to try and open up relationships much, much earlier in the process. And I think all our features are designed to create valuation opportunities, to create mortgage opportunities, and to try and establish lasting relationships that cu- that customers can have with local estate agents. Mm. So our job, we absolutely see, and the gap that's in the market is really connecting local homeowners with local estate agents as early in the process as possible, and trying to make sure that all of the features that we have have a lasting relationship with a customer where we keep the agent's brand front and center as part of that relationship when we engage with them so that has proved so far in the eight months since we launched to be certainly showing some very good signs that it's exciting and has great potential for the future
1: it is the right move the property podcast with Simo and JP now the second part of uh, that fine fine chat with Kenny is going to be cropping up in a very short time now we all know the name Grenfell of course but when it comes to what buildings are clad with safety, regulations, expectations, Andrew, I know this is something, like we said at the top of the podcast, uh, that you've long had an eye on and long had interest and experience in. What's, what's the story? Have there been any genuine improvements made and, and consistency, I suppose, across the board with cladding? I think the answer is, as soon as Grenfell hit, it puts
2: developers into a huge spin, because nobody really knew what the kind of impact was going to be Uh, you know for, for years cladding has been stuck on the most ugly buildings to freshen them up and to make them new obviously at Grenfell that happened I remember the day absolutely vividly you know it was middle of the summer June 2017 Um, you know and 72 people sadly lost their lives on that day and the reason being essentially is that the cladding being packed off the side of the building acted as a chimney Mm -hmm. and because the cladding was made from an ACM which is an aluminium composite material it's not combustible so the flames had nowhere to go but up through a void between the cladding and the original building. Now, obviously, as that went up, it went through into balconies, into windows and things like that. And that's what caused the huge, um, uh, you know, fireball basically at Grenfell. And in the wake of it, uh, they developed a form called an EWS1 form and they insisted that every block that had identifiable cladding had to have a risk assessment carried out which then led to the production of an EWS1 and the EWS1 forms have been a legal requirement on certain buildings until some ambiguity came in between RICS and the government in recent months well I say recent months probably about the last 12 months or so And buildings of a certain height wouldn't require an EWS1, and buildings uh, over a certain height would require an EWS1. And there are a lot of freeholders out there and management companies who have failed to act on having EWS1. Uh, I've been dealing with one recently uh, where a sale has actually fallen through because the lender won't value the property because it doesn't have an ews one so they've effectively said the value of that flat is zero and it really causes a massive problem for those people who are sad just basically with a valueless property and they're trapped and they're not trapped physically but mm. they're they're trapped with this noose around their neck and uh, i'm so pleased that Michael Gove stepped in recently and obviously we, 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 we're apolitical within this podcast um, but obviously I'm talking about government now and government movement on this cladding matter and I'm really pleased that Michael, Glove, Michael Gove sorry, has stood up and said developers must pay for this remedial work and he's given a deadline amazingly and fantastically of early March for them to agree a fully funded action to remove cladding on buildings between 11 and 18 meters because that's the sticking point of height. They're estimating that the current remedial work value across the UK is estimated at four billion pounds. And, you know, leaseholders should not have to pay. And I'm really, really, really firm on that. And freeholders and and as I said I'm dealing with one at the moment and they will remain nameless but they are a rather large housing association and they've just refused to carry out an EWS survey, EWS being external wall system. Their argument is we won't carry out an EWS on this building because we will have to carry it out on all of our other buildings and it will cost us millions of pounds. Well, that's not a leaseholder's problem. Cladding was installed on many buildings, even modern buildings. You know, you've got a lot of timber frame buildings that have got ACM on them. You know, brick slips mm. or uh, mock render that is, uh, is, is built on an ACM material. And it causes huge problems for the building behind it. And these leaseholders have purchased these
1: properties in good faith. Can you see legal challenges in the offing? Do you do you think there's going to be a number of big standoffs because of this, whereby you know, developers, construction companies, uh, take on the authorities and or vice versa because of it? Well, someone's got to pay. But when you look
2: at this, you know, is the developer stuck in the middle as well, because? that if the developers had this design given to them to build, then it's the product manufacturer. And one of the manufacturers that Michael Gove stood up in the commons with a couple of weeks ago um, and blamed was a massive uh, insulation company um, for their part in the Grenfell issues. And, and, and this company creates loads of different products that are related to cladding
1: well that's really useful to know stuff educational stuff Uh, thank you for that uh, Andrew for now Um, let's get back to our very special guest on the podcast it's a chance to catch up with Kenny Bruce MBE of course is uh, one half of the Bruce brothers and uh, innovator of purple bricks and now booming which of course we have seen on the tv etc and across all media so let's return to that chat with Kenny
0: you're with the right
1: move don't get this right. You, there's there's some real spice added with stuff like the the secret property as well.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's, there's four or five features that I think are really really exciting. Smart Val is one of the mm. uh, uh, most recent features that we launched, and Smart Val really is the opportunity of being able to give a consumer, a local homeowner, a more accurate indication. Uh, online of the value of their home because we feel that the digital valuations really can't indicate the current market conditions. They can't indicate the level of demand in the marketplace, and they haven't got the knowledge that a local estate agent has. So our job is to try and educate the public that a great way, a great place to start their decision-making journey. Is really with a smart valve where they can enter some information into the booming site. They can connect with up to three local estate agents. The local estate agents will give will have all the data available at their disposal with regards to the demand of the people looking for a home in that area. They'll see all of the land registry data, all of the up to date sale prices and competition prices, and that all information is presented to the agent for them to be able to then call upon their local knowledge of that particular road that particular style of house what's actually happening today in their marketplace and be able to offer the advice back to the consumer via the booming platform and then they get them the opportunity to engage with that customer once that smart valve has been opened by that local homeowner and then the estate can influence those number of transactions that can take place in their marketplace so we're actually seeing uh, consumers making a decision to go on the market sooner because we're connecting them with that locally agent, so That locally state is making a substantial difference to influencing the timing of them going on the market, which we feel is very, very important. So more accurate online valuations and a deeper connection earlier in the process between local homeowners and the state agents.
1: Yeah, you're so right, Kelly. I really like it. I tried SmartVal, and I think, you know, I'm not in the same area as Andrew, but where I am, often you'll find a, a local agent, not to run them down, but they'll put a flyer through your door that says, online valuation, so you jump on the website, and then that actually becomes something else because it says, hey, you know, we'll call you back or we'll pop round. And you sort of think, well, that's not really an instant online valuation or quick online valuation. But SmartVal, just, you know, you, you see the thing in action and it say it counting down and up they come. And it's just a very dynamic process. So I think it's, a, you know, an excellent feature. Um, agents together. I just want to um, uh, touch on this towards the end with you, Kenny. Uh, Agents Together, I suspect probably not many people, you know, more on the public side are are, are aware of it and the role that it plays. Why does it speak to you?
0: Yeah, I think Agents Together is something that I'm extremely proud of. I think the people that founded the Agents Together uh, Foundation, uh, alongside Mike and Sarah, a very special group of people. And the industry's embraced it incredibly well in terms of offering their time and support to those who maybe need some advice and help and guidance on a day-by-day basis. So Agents Together is something that clearly, uh, there was a gap in the market, a gap in terms of the support and mentorship that people get on a day-by-day basis. So the principles of Agents Together is about healthy mind, Healthy business. And we feel the more healthy mind that our people within the industry have got, the more healthy the businesses will be in it. And a whole host of mentors have offered really, really experienced, really, really special people, are offered hours and hours of their time over the course of 2020 and 21. Two uh, uh, mentees who need that support, and it's absolutely paying dividends. We're having so many people saying it's helped to give them a different direction. Not only in terms of the mentees is it helping, but also it's helping the mentors. And myself, who's done a number of uh, mente- mentee sessions or mentor sessions, I've uh, I've absolutely helped me to be able to be better at the role I do on a day by day basis. So ages together is absolutely something that we're all very proud of special group of people it's offering a great deal of support to those who need it it's offering the mentors an opportunity to shape their future and do something outside of their day-to-day role which they're getting the benefit from so i think it's it's making a real difference within the industry and it's only going to grow from here
2: and and how far are we seeing that estate agents are willing to be collaborative and not so competitive can that really ever happen
0: I think it's a shift in the whole world. Generally, I think people are being more empathetic, more understanding, more compassionate, less competitive in certain ways. And I think collaboration is really, really important. And I think Agents Together is a great example of a huge number of people in the industry coming together to support those within it, to help them to develop and for them to get some guidance and support on a day by day basis. So I think absolutely, we're going to see, certainly over the next Uh, one to five years, a continuation of more collaboration, a less maybe competitive edge in certain aspects, and more collaboration coming through within the industry that's certainly my view and i think in lots of industries you're seeing that lots of companies are working together for the greater good
1: lastly kenny let's uh, let's end on a highlight something that you know i'm definitely asking the right person because you and your brother have been at the forefront of so many you know online developments and innovations where does the future lie where can it go now around online portals and and just the tech for property the way that they are sold and bought
0: Yeah, I think there's no doubt that there needs to be some certainly innovation in the property search space and connecting homeowners and connecting buyers with estate agents in a slightly different way than what's currently out there today. And Boomin is clearly an organisation that wants to be at the forefront of that change. And I think you're going to see lots of various different tech innovations coming through, not only from Boomin, but from others in the marketplace. I think what you'll see is, you'll see, I think over time, less apps on your phone, but the apps that are on your phone will do more. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for organisations to come together to offer a consumer, certainly in the property industry, a greater, more rounded approach and a more lifetime engagement with consumers. So I think there's going to be lots and lots of innovation coming through, but I think that will be as much about consolidation and companies coming together to, to, to offer solutions rather than, any particular organisation giving the whole complete solution uh, on, on their own.
2: It's been great chatting with you, Kenny. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast
1: today. Here's something that gets a uh, mixed reception. Is that, is that fair? Do you think uh, home information packs? Well, yeah, the, the, the hips
2: were scrapped by the coalition government in 2010 and, and they were only introduced, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2007, so they only lasted about three years but they were quite onerous to produce. Um, and there's new proposals that they may be coming back. And in one way, it'll be quite useful, but I really hope they're a bit more straightforward and less um, less onerous for vendors. Mm. But yeah, I think that's a watch this space and
1: see how that pans out over the next couple of months. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a laugh. I, I, I think you had an email come in during that. <laughs> did it ping? And, and, is it go on Simo, tell me, is it another newspaper? Can you give us a quote, Simo? <laughs> you give us a quote. We'll take you out for lunch choice, governor. Do you know the best bit? It's come from booming. Hey <laughs> Well done, Kenny. Go on, back on the neck, Kenny <laughs> then, Chief, let's see how those predictions have done. (laughs) An owl hoots. Something terrible stirs in the night. (laughs) Now, you predicted last time that you'd have how many articles? Probably, well, quotes? Four. Four. I I think I said you managed that on the low side, so I think I I went higher. Double figures, maybe. Let's just say ten for argument's sake. It was ten. How did that pan out?
2: Yeah, it was (laughs) ten. It was... I got that one wrong, didn't I?
1: You just, you, you're in the groove now, aren't you? You're in the stride of this, providing quotes that these papers and websites, they just can't, can't refuse, can they? You can never have enough of the semi. <laughs> They're laughing
2: it up. So I got, I'll, I'll reel them off, The Negotiator, Bristol Post, Somerset Live, North Somerset Times, twice, yeah. Loop South West, uh, This Is Money, which is the Daily Mail, Business Live and the IFA magazine. Do you know what? One of
1: those sounds, to me, like it could be a film pitch. One man on a mission. A quote for every occasion. He'll get past every gatekeeper and into the head of every reader. This season... Andrew Simmons is The Negotiator
2: That's brilliant But
1: It's time to make bullying <laughs> Okay I'll see Where <laughs> oh, this is going to oh, go oh,
2: oh, 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 Where are we going
1: to see that? On, uh, is that going to go On BBC3 I, or, uh, yeah. Y- yeah, I thought well, no, probably just endless repeats on what's Netflix. The- yeah, what's the one where like every weekend without fail to Netflix? Remember? Uh, uh, oh yeah, sorry, Kirstyls. <laughs> There's <laughs> what's the what's the one where I think every Friday and Saturday without fail it's The Hobbit, Battle of the Five The Hobbit, the desperate, the Desolation of Smaug, and you've you've done Denzel Washington out a job for goodness sake. Well, you <laughs> know. becoming the negotiator. <laughs> How love to know how you get past those gatekeepers. I don't know what your secret is, but it <laughs> yeah, obviously works. Did. Seems to right. So your burgeoning f- movie career aside, Simo, <laughs> what's in the prediction canon uh, this month? Well, what's topical at the moment is, of course, the Winter Olympics.
2: Yeah. So I think we might put a bit of a prediction. And I'm not going to the bookies on this, um, but we'll put a prediction on the number of British medals. Now, as we record this, we're not doing very well. Um, we've got a big fat zero across the board. Yeah. So I think I'm going to say, I'm going to use the magic number of four again.
1: Okay, are you liking four? Not that it was terribly accurate last time. Well, we'll see how your career is next month. Right? Okay. The Winter Olympics, or my my eleven-year-old made me laugh. Good take. They obviously they they play them um, news round every day in school. I think in the morning, just to keep them up to speed with events, just in case they don't know. I'm guessing. And uh, so they obviously ran something about the Winter Olympics, and he came back and said, "Oh, said uh, we saw something about the Ice Olympics today." That's great. That's a catchier title. That works for me. So you say four. I will go with a slightly more optimistic nine. Okay. Four against nine. Let's see how that plays out. All right. Thank you, sir. I'll let you on something. Podcasting trade secrets. On a fairly regular basis, completely ad hoc, out the blue, Simo sends me ideas for talking points and features on WhatsApp, amongst other places. So... Look up the other day this notification from Simo and I guess this link to the uh, bristolpost.co.uk with the headline, Forget Neighbours, Southmead's Own Soap Making a Comeback. So this is Meadows to Meaders, which tells the stories of Southmead in Bristol over the last 85 years. And isn't it now? I think you know a bit more about it than me. This is an Amdram type group. Yeah it's an Jam group
2: and i i do you know i think this is brilliant i really do those people who are listening to this in bristol will know what i mean you're either a meeder or a bemmy and uh you know This is all about the story of post-war Bristol where everybody came out of the suburbs to um what was the meadows at Southmead where they built the new housing estates and you know a bit like they're doing now really but you know without the war but to pull people out of the suburbs and or out of the city into this more rural environment and I think it's cracking, you know, we keep this history of the local communities and um, basically one of the youth clubs has, or some of the people, the school children around Southmead, have been interviewing over the last 10 years or so, um,
1: generations of Meaders. And there'll be taster sessions for it, it says, at the Ranch Youth Club, yeehaw! On, uh, oh, that was today, <laughs> as we record this. And, oh, and also the fifteenth of this month, fifteenth of Feb, in the afternoon. So I mean, they're going all out, aren't they? And I think there's there's some sort of backing from the old Vic as well. Yeah, I think it's great. Like I say, it, you know, it's really
2: keeping um, getting this uh, community vibe, and 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 I love community. You know, you know, I spent time um, a lot of my time uh, table. And community is key. And I, I love the fact that we can bring some history to the community as well. And, you know, not forget our roots. You yeah. Know, yeah, you know, we can have a look yeah. at photographs of the past, but there's nothing like getting some real touchy feely comments from someone who's lived it. Uh, so I really, I really like this. A really
1: nice, sort of fluffy story. It is, and- it is. Can, look, I don't even bit pedantic. Simo, can I, can I? Do you think give them a little creative pointer? Now, all, all right. I know they need to encompass the meadows too. I don't want the meadows to feel left out on any level. But Meters to me scans perfectly for a theme tune. <laughs> me neighbors, <Well, forget> <laughs> everybody needs a meter. <laughs> everybody needs a meter in their life (laughs) exactly with their with their Claire Rainers and their I'm trying to think of some of the Bristolianism where to drive where abyss yeah where yeah exactly Baba of course how could I forget and cheers on, drive good luck to them that looks and i'm sure sounds great in all seriousness so thank you ever so much uh, uh, for like you say keeping the the meadows and the medias uh, traditions alive uh southfield community coming together for that one and on that very tuneful note we simo after regard separate ways and uh thanks to kenny of course too yeah amazing thanks kenny really great having you on really Really loved that interview. Please do hop over to our Facebook page, The Right Move, The Property Podcast. Give us a like, and you can drop some comments in there, questions and stuff for a future episode. And uh, Simo, I will catch you soon. Eight JP, ten ten.
0: Subscribe to us now on all major podcast apps.